Hey everybody, right now I want you to just sit right back and hear a tale. A tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship here on Killer Podcast Isle. Island horror movies on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Yay! Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer Ahoy, mateys, it is your captain speaking, Insane Mike. This is episode 242 of Attack of the Killer podcast. The theme for this show is Island Horror. That's right, horror movies that take place on a small, often deserted Island. Killer Islands. <laughs> no? That would be cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we will not be talking about Harlem Globetrotters on Gilligan's Island. Ah, I know, right? But we do have some awesome movies to talk about. But more on that later. First of all, if this is your first time listening to Attack of the Killer podcast, what we are, we are a horror movie podcast. We're a group of friends. We get together, we pick a topic, and we talk about horror movies within that specific topic. We are mostly friends here and on the show. (laughs) So we... Always at the beginning. We speak speak as if we are just hanging out. So the conversation will be open and free, so there may be spoilers. You've been warned. If you like the show, prove it. Become an attacker. <laughs> Do it. An attacker is a special fan of the show that gets to that gets let in deeper into the Attack of the Killer podcast world. At our site, jointheattackers.com, you can sign up for the tier that best suits you. Your support helps the show, and you get various perks for joining. You can get early access to the show and actually get the show on a, on a weekly basis with our bonus episodes. You can get your very own membership certificate, sticker, and membership card, and even shout-outs on the show and website. There are various video series like video updates, Insane Mike's One Minute Top Ten list, and Killer Critiques. You can even get a t-shirt or some original art by me called Mikey's Monsters, where I draw you as a monster of my choice. Can you think of another podcast that offers this much content for, content for supporting the show? No. I sure can't. Just go to jointheattackers.com, support the show, get all the goodies that you want. Again, that's jointheattackers.com. What's also really cool is it's a great time to become an attacker because we're holding a contest over the next month or so where if you get signed up, become an attacker, you're automatically entered into a random drawing. And we've put together four or five really awesome prize packs full of DVDs and posters and Blu-rays and artwork and and really cool stuff. And you just have to be an attacker to be entered in the drawing. So get signed up. Join the attackers.com. And now it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. <clears throat> Last year, he took his vacation to the Canary Islands. He was disappointed that there were no canaries. This year, he went to the Virgin Islands and was equally disappointed. There were no canaries on that island either. Andy, everybody. <laughs> There ain't any virgins left either. After I was there. 
Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. The first time he went to Hawaii, he immediately wanted to go back. Basically, he wanted Samoa. Tad, everybody. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. <laughs> Thanks for uh, listening through this. <laughs> he is opening a chain of fast food restaurants on deserted islands. He's calling them Lord of the Fries. Jason. Nice. That sounds delicious. Pretty good. Yeah. Well, what's up, everybody? Thanks for listening. So glad you clicked on the buttons to put us in your ear holes that's right now <laughs> don't you dare get trapped on a deserted island without subscribing to shutter shutter the netflix of horror will will make your stay on the island way more enjoyable heck you won't even you won't even want to leave you won't be talking to a volleyball when you have the premium streaming service for horror you can get a free month of Shutter thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Just enter our promo code AOTKP and get all that amazing content. Again, that's AOTKP. Sign up and get that free month. Do it. You know, we do watch other stuff besides the movies for this show. And now we're going to tell you about it. Here's Tad with what we watched. So I follow all of you guys on Letterboxd, <laughs> so I sort of know what people Cheater. are watching. But and you can too at home. You also yeah. can. You can follow us, but um, I don't. Andy, are you on Letterboxd or you just don't update it very often? Um, you mean uh, like our 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 drive or whatever? Like the no, no, he's. No, that means no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andy, what have you watched? <laughs> um, I've been catching up with um, the Saw series. I watched Spiral and Jigsaw, and nice. I thought um, I thought they were both good. I mean, I don't think they were particularly great. Um, one thing I noticed in Spiral, when the moment Chris Rock tossed his phone to that guy, I could predict the movie like right away. You do not share information in this series, okay? You just, <laughs> he might as well have just literally just stuck his head in, physically into a trap there. And yeah, I was, I was able to call it right after that. Um, I also um, binged the Masters of the Universe series, Revelations. Absolutely yeah. loved it. Yay. Loved it. Oh good. Um, they need more of the uh, you know the end episode things like they did in the old school one. Like you know, Skeletor was an asshole today. Don't be an <laughs> asshole. Um, I also watched on Netflix the Cocaine Cowboys about Sal Magluda and Willie Falcone. Um, have you guys, have you guys ever watched any of the Cocaine Cowboys uh, documentaries? No, I wasn't sure what half them words you said even were. Uh, well, basically, it's about the drug smugglers in the early 80s and up into the late 90s. This one was actually pretty interesting. It's like a five-part series, so I mean, that's what I spent a lot of time watching. But <laughs> um, but it's it's actually really, really cool. They're really uh, detailed and really ornate documentaries. Um, I was also able to watch uh, Suicide Squad. It was uh, okay. It was okay. Um, big, weird, giant starfish with an eye. Um, Dude. Okay. D- James Gunn got DC to pay to give him a <laughs> a buttload of money to make a trauma film, and it was awesome. Fuck yeah. 
I mean, it was a boot movie with it. a with a huge budget. I'm just saying, like, I I, I was watching it. I'm like. They're fighting a giant starfish. He has a killer shark. Um, it's just, it's so, it was so crazy. It's like, it just feels like James Gunn is, is like somehow tricking these studios into just letting him do fucking crazy things. Like this should, I'm watching it. And I'm like, this is a trauma movie with a budget. So yeah. You got a point. Funny. So funny. you got a point. I mean, I enjoyed it. I had, I had a good time. Um, Another thing that me and the wife have been watching is the White Lotus series on HBO, and we're really, really enjoying it. Um, it's just about you know pe- modern day people interacting on vacation on this uh, at this resort in Hawaii, and there's a lot of just a really weird, crazy shit going on. Um, particularly the uh, the guy who runs the hotel is. Uh, he's re he's a relapsing drug addict so like at night he particularly goes just you know freaking nuts and it's hilarious um but i mean steve zahn connie Britton, uh alexandra daddario um molly shannon is in it and she plays a character uh that is just kind of like a really rich you know, privileged piece of crap. I never thought I would find myself hating Molly Shannon, but like, I want to punch her in the face <laughs> in this, in this show. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what I wanted, wanted to talk about that. The cocaine cowboys. I mean, that took like, you know, a lot of my time because they, they were hour long episodes. So that's like, you know, I think that was a six or seven part series, I think. So, um, but yeah, that's what I watched. Excellent. Mike, what have you watched recently? Well, I was biting my tongue through that Suicide Squad <laughs> conversation because I, too, also watched Suicide Squad, and I loved it. It might be... It's going to be a toss-up between that and Shazam, but it might be my favorite DC movie so far. You gave it four stars. Oh. Look at that. Yeah. I still I haven't seen uh, Shazam yet. But, yeah, Tad's not wrong. Shazam's good. Tad's not wrong. Basically, you know, James Gunn got paid to make a <laughs> million billion dollar freaking trauma movie and that's awesome because it it's got all the violence and all the gore um yeah uh but man i'm gonna tell you man like as you know born comic book guy from the uh, right out of the womb Mm -hmm. i mean yeah and uh in this day and age, I was working on a joke and I opted not. So I was just making sure you didn't have a stroke. Right. <laughs> um, Do you smell oranges? <laughs> uh, in this day and age of like all these comic book movies, comic book TV shows, and and whatnot, and you know, just comic books have bled into all the other forms of media. I, there's a, there's that part of me, that child part of me, that's like, man. This is cool and all, but I read comic books for people wearing capes and outrageous, ridiculous costumes um, for no rhyme or reason. Let's not like put 20 pounds of Kevlar on the suit to rationalize why, why we're wearing this suit. No, I want freaking um, spandex that doesn't help you in a fight. Um, I want the bright colors. I want the crazy-ass characters. And this movie delivers 100%. I mean, they put Peacemaker in this movie, <laughs> one of the most gaudy, 
ugliest superhero costumes in the history of comic books. I've, I've read and that character for decades, and I still don't know what that helmet is supposed to be. <laughs> right. And um, and they did it. They did it freaking screen accurate. You know. Yes. To to me, the whole situation. I just love the story behind it because basically, like James Gunn got. You know, can't like he, on Twitter they found his. This was so yeah. long ago, but oh, yeah. you know, people found stuff he made. He got can't he got uh, canned by Disney. They said no more Guardians three, and literally the next day DC calls and they're in a rut. They're in a bad <laughs> spot, and they see an opportunity and they're like, James Gunn, would you be interested in working with us? And he's like, give me a little bit of time. I'm dealing with a lot of shit. And then like a week later he calls and they're like, he's like, what were you wanting me to do? And they're like. Literally anything. We're not going to take any notes. Just do whatever you want. We are so desperate. And he's like, can I just do Suicide Squad again? And they're like, sure. And he's like, can I bring back some of the people, but not all of them? It's like, literally anything you want. And it's like, can I do Polka Dot Man and Weasel? And they're like, we don't know what that is. Sure, do do whatever. Like, seriously, do whatever. And like listening to him talk about it, he's like, you know, when you watch this, it's just like, Everything I that you should not be able to do in a movie like Polka Dot Man and Peacemaker are characters that would be really hard to make, you know, put on screen back in it. Like it would just be awful like yep. 10 years ago. Um, yeah. But James Gunn has that talent of taking these yep. misfit characters and making them awesome. And, and they're doing the HBO series on Peacemaker now. Yeah, it's he's like, getting oh, his own freaking series for crying yeah, out loud. Yeah. And they said Is that. Are going to do it? Oh yeah, he's it's already done filming everything. Um, oh God! Man, apparently, so Cena loves the character so much that he would not take off the costume until he went to bed at night and then come <laughs> back on set wearing it. Like he would wear it to dinner and wear Aww. it out with the rest of the cast. He just adores that character and loves being him so much that yeah, James is like we need to explore his backstory and make a whole series on it. So you know, I, I part of me is like I wish James Gunn would use his his newfound fame and talents and sort of do something completely out there. But then who would fill this void of like really, really him and um, Taika are like doing the, the really yeah. weird, weird stuff. So, uh, and, and of course Taika's in this, you know, he's, yeah. he's the first yeah. person he, Rat- he brought Marvel people over into DC. Like they, <laughs> they were just like, yeah, like James just, James Gunn is just sort of like, uh, can I just bring over Marvel people too? And it's like DC. Apparently, like DC just did not even like visit the set, look at any notes. They're just like, here's a, a dump truck full of cash. Go have fun. Here's the keys yeah. to the candy store. Was it Taika right. in uh, Green Lantern though? At first? I don't was, know. Was he? Oh, it's I think been he so was. Long since I've seen that movie. I think, and yeah, it was before I, think he I even was, knew who he was. Try to forget uh, about that. Yeah, Hal Jordan's buddy. Was that him? I think that was Taika, yeah. Oh. But man, oh yeah, just everything about it, I loved it, like beginning to end. Just the, you know, and and I knew how it was going to start out. You know, you get all those all those all those Z tier characters coming up from the beach, and they just all get slaughtered. And it's the fucking detach- hilarious. The detachable kid. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> it's okay. He's it's, it's so great because he's the hands fly up and they're just slapping the guys in the face, uh, and then what? it cuts to yeah. And Harley Quinn's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> this was the best Harley Quinn so far. Oh, in my oh real. She Margo got a real ass scene. Yeah, Margot yeah. is Harley Quinn. Like, there's no doubt. She is, but I burned out quickly with her. Um, I still honestly haven't finished Birds of Prey. Oh no, that's oh cool. I love um, that too. Yeah, it's just I, I feel like I really she works. Like I feel like she works better when she's part of an ensemble instead of leading leading the troops. You know, 
and because this was this was perfect this was perfect for her um I yeah. didn't see Boomerang go so quick. So. Yeah, that was a bummer, but I think I kind of get it. Because if you notice, other than Harley Quinn, everybody, well, and Amanda Waller, I guess, but everybody that they brought from the first movie gets killed in this movie. So it's kind of a way of tying it together without really having to acknowledge the first movie. Killer Croc is still alive, and I think... Well, yeah, but he wasn't in the in this one. Well, I'm yeah. just saying everybody that they brought over from that the first returned, movie. returned, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. The scene where she unlocks herself, spoiler, like with her feet. Oh, fuck. You know, that was awesome. She actually, that was actually Margot doing that in real wow. life. Holy shit. Nice. Yeah. Not a stunt double. Not like she, they said that like almost all the stunts for Harley were done by Margot, like she insisted. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I just, I love some of, um, some of James Gunn's artistic choices, you know, with like text and, you know, text oh, yeah. in the movie, and, and, like, like blending that into fire. the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Or the flowers, creative. yeah. I was gonna say the flowers when when Harlequin's shooting people and their flowers are flying everywhere. Um, and man, and I, I fucking saw a superhero movie where the main villain <laughs> is Starro the Conqueror, a giant freaking starfish that's trampling buildings as if it's Patrick from SpongeBob SquarePants um, is is destroying the city, and it's freaking awesome and it works and it's great and um they just need- how devastating was polka dot man oh scene? that was oh, jesus Aww. christ yeah i was i was bummed to see him go because take such a <laughs> such a dumb terrible character that even dc knows is a dumb, dumb terrible character and make him and you make and you care about him by the right, time made us all yeah, yeah. love him maybe so, the funniest scene though was when he when they were like that's your mom the big starfish. <laughs> yes. She's like full size. <laughs> so She's King Kong in that fucking building. So funny. Yeah, yeah. What the was the guy? Play. Sorry, go ahead, Andy. I was just saying the the wordplay between Bloodsport and Peacemaker. I like oh, when they're yeah. just when they're killing people. You know, <laughs> so lo- love that. Yeah. yeah, it's just like not when you do it when you look dope as. Oh yeah, that that scene where they they are rescuing when they're on the oh, rescue and they kill everybody. It's like, what happened to my people? Oh no, like those weren't. Yeah, they the killed. Like they're actually on the same side. They, yeah, they killed all the freedom fighters. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh shit. The other scene where they have the 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 bigger dude like that's just a dude following them with them, and he gets killed, and they're like, why do we remember his name? Like it was like it's like Milton. Milton, Milton, yeah. yeah. Milton's dead. Harley's like, who's Milton? There was a guy with us. A guy with his name Milton? I would have remembered a Milton. Polka Dot Man was just like, he was with us the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) I was a little scared that this would just be like Guardians for DC. Um, I'm glad, but it was definitely darker. And since he got the R rating, I still prefer Guardians just because I love those characters a little more. But, um, yeah. This is, you know, James Gunn balls to the wall, R-rated, blood guts, uh, okay. swearing. Yeah, like, yeah. We it's, should probably move enough. on. <laughs> <laughs> this week on the uh, Suicide Squad cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I loved it. I knew, I knew this would um, generate a bit more discussion, so I don't have much else to talk about. Um, I did a rewatch of Eating Raul and the Brood, because huh. Brandy had never seen mm-hmm. Eating Raul, and I've only talked about it, like, a million ever. Yep. I love that movie, and we went down the rabbit hole of um, HBO uh, Max. Max, and 
I was on the Turner Classic app on there and so many fucking movies that I, I'm like, oh, we're going to watch all of these. They have a lot of great movies on that Turner Classic uh, app. So uh, both of those were on there. So we rewatched those. And it's been a while since I've seen Eating Raul. So much fun. Such a, such, so funny. So great. Get the criteria on. I've, I've always really wanted it. I've just never, just never gone around to it. But that's what I watched. All right, Jason, what have you watched? Oh, last night I like my fantasy stuff. I watched The King. I thought it was really great. I had just skipped over it a million times on on Netflix, and it's got uh, Timothy Chalamet. It's the main guy, Joel Edgerton. Yeah. Oh, he's. It's just a straight fantasy movie about Henry V and how he came to power, and it's just fantasy swords and slashings and kings and fun stuff. Mike's falling asleep. Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, a pig. Oh my God! How can that Great. movie make you cry so much? Yeah. God damn it. Speaking of caring about something like polka dot <sighs> man, like man, a fucking pig that yeah. This movie was awesome. I need to watch it. Yeah, man, it's wonderful. And then you capped it off with a super uplifting episode of um, Dark Side of the Ring. No, no, I'm done with that. Uh, on Hulu, they only have the two seasons, so I'm waiting for the third to hit. But I did watch a super uplifting film called Don't Breathe 2. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, man, awesome. Yep, we had a little triple date with the family. It was uh, Tina's birthday this last Thursday, Friday 13th, and um, so the two youngest kids had their their people with them and we all went out to dinner and went and saw don't breathe too. And it was great. It was upsetting, but it was great. I'm I'm sort of conflicted about it because it seems from the trailers that they sort of turn a like rapist into it. Yeah. Yeah. That part. Well, but um, Ray- Sam Raimi said this is the best idea he's ever had for a sequel, which is saying a lot. Oh, it's oh, wow. it's fucking wow. solid as far as like it's more more of the first one, but but just as solid. It's it's really really good. Super tense. Uh, you know it. I was gonna say the first one was Jesus fucking Christ, tense. Oh, right? I I love that movie. Mm-hmm. That first movie is yeah, totally. so good. So it's the same thing. He's got kind of this girl that he kept from the first one and kind of raising her. And so she's like an, he's kind of training her. So it's kind of a patch the torchy ish type thing. There's him dealing with it's It carries from the first film. You don't, it doesn't, I mean, it's, it's in there a lot and there's some atonement and there's some, uh, it's heavy and upsetting. I mean, it's just great. I that. haven't heard much talk about it, so I'm hoping it doesn't like completely flop on its face. But yeah, I feel I like it's it's just like we're back in this like huge wave again, where studios are like, "Oh shit, oh shit, we should go back to streaming again." I'm I'm really worried <laughs> about like ha- Halloween Kills. I mean, yeah. we have yeah. like in like a week we have Candyman, and that's totally going to get fucked. It's they they would have had better luck doing it last year at this point. Uh, box yeah. office numbers. I mean, Suicide Squad. Flopped hard at the at the box office, doing great on HBO Max, but it's like P- 
people aren't people are getting scared to go to theaters again and i'm just like fuck they played both halloween kills and Candyman trailer before uh don't breathe too and our theater was pretty full that's a good sign yeah I, guys i might be getting too old i don't know about theaters yeah you are i get so fucking pissed at kids like it's no fucking fun Turn your fucking like phones how, off. Stop talking. Yeah, yeah. How can those two things just. <laughs> That's why I try to go to uh, afternoon um, matinees where I'm from. They have like the, the Saturday like uh, afternoon show. Yeah. And normally I can get in there and there may be like two or three people in there. And it's it's pretty nice. I mean, I think I watched like Rambo Last Blood alone <laughs> in the theater, and it was Lucky. fucking great. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, I watched that one alone too. And uh, yeah, I, I, that one was more so because I waited till like the last week it was out. But um, it only took once of going there. They were doing that five dollar Tuesdays forever. I don't know if yeah, they're still don't doing fucking, it. Yeah, they, they are. I did it once, and that's all it, it took because it's filled no, with the fucking worst. kids, Jesus. the worst crowds. Yeah. Christ, People it. just there to like get air conditioning for five dollars. <sighs> Pretty much. So between that and the sad movie, I just, I don't know if I'm emotionally stable to go to movies anymore. <laughs> God dang. I'd also think it's on theaters though, too. Like get in yeah. there and fucking you, like, Police you don't have to, you, you don't need a, um, a projectionist anymore. It's all automated. Right? So send that fucking yeah. kid into the theater every five minutes and tell people get your feet off the fucking chairs, turn your fucking phone yeah. off, shut the fuck up. Like, you know, I these other people paid to be here. Like, sit, go outside if you need to use your phone. There, yeah. there needs to be like you know enforcers or bouncers and fucking. They don't, they don't need ushers anymore. They need bouncers. But yeah, they worry so much about you know the theaters are dying. But it's like then better <laughs> regulate them. They, uh, yeah, anyways, that's them, a whole different. I know. Yeah, it's not a fucking daycare. We rant man. forever. I hate. It's too bad. I, and I get so anxious, like even before people do it, I'm like, "Oh, that kid's gonna be I a know. shithead," and I and I focus I'm on that. Too and I'm close like, to teenagers. Oh fuck! Yeah, they're right fucking yep. behind me, and they're not shutting the fuck up. Yeah, at, at the green night, like this couple came <sighs> in, and they they were adults, but like I was the only person in the theater sitting like the second row from the bottom like sort of middle and they come in and I could hear them bickering about where to sit. She wants to sit up top. He's <laughs> like, "I want to sit in the middle. Sit in the middle." And she, I overhear the someone, I think it was him, he was sort of like, he won't care. And they sit in the row directly behind me in a stadium seating. So they're like, uh, feet are, uh-huh. are like on both sides of my head. Like, it's an empty theater. You, you sit off. one seat to the right or left. Like, so I got up and moved, but I'm like, I don't, I hope that there's like no confrontation. Like, I don't want to fucking fight this guy over it. But it's like, <laughs> you fucking disrespected me. So I'm going to get up and move. Like, no offense, but I don't want to smell your fucking feet the entire movie. <sighs> Anyways. And then the guy in front of me, he's like, as a parent, you know, I get that your phone buzzes. You might have to check it. Okay. I'll let you have once. Check your phone. Make sure your kid's not, you know, in a ditch somewhere. But then once you check your quick message quick, don't just start going through Facebook and checking all your messages in the middle of the fucking movie. I'm like, oh, my what God. The fuck Especially a movie like that. For? Right. What you Especially a movie for? like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you... We had a guy once in the middle of a movie, like he answered his phone and then like my friend, <laughs> my friend, yeah. And we said something to him. And then oh. after the movie, he waited in the hallway for us and was like, that was my daughter. And my oh, friend Noah was, was with us. And he was like, if, if, uh, you know, if you have like a daughter, you know, is going to be trying to contact you or you like, you Maybe. need to just step out. Like you could, you couldn't talk to your daughter in the hallway. Like this guy thought we would be like, 
oh, it was your daughter? Okay, you should talk to her on the phone in the fucking theater. Like, uh, he, he thought that would be a good enough excuse. Like, no, dude. Do I give a shit who it was? Right. Maybe we just need to start a support group because I'm going to need some encouragement. To <laughs> or we back. could just start renting uh, out theaters ourselves uh, so we can just sit with only people we know. Then we just, we would talk the whole time. God damn it. We would. We need a lighter note. We need a lighter note because this is getting my rage on too. Oh, uh, no. Okay. Sorry. Hey, that's what I watched, Tad. What'd you watch, buddy? Oh, I watched 124 short films at the Snake Alley me Festival. Me too. Film. Me too. I didn't want yeah. to list them all. It was so good to see you, you two. And Andy, you were there in spirit because everybody, every yep. fucking year, asks where you and Danielle uh-huh. are. Um, I know. Sorry. I tried to be very supportive online. No, you were. And, and it's it just helps. funny because, you know, Phil Poole, he asked, and I said, well, I talk to Andy almost every damn day, and I talk to him for three hours every other week. So, um, you know, and he, he was surprised. Oh, you actually talk to Andy? I, I said, I talk to Andy all the time. <laughs> you talk to that son of a bitch? I said, Here, here's <laughs> all, our business. We all wonder you know, why. I said, yeah, go listen to the podcast, and um, then he'll probably think differently of us. But, um, no, I watched a bunch yeah. of short films. Um, I did catch... You know, one movie outside of that, I watched uh, Friday 13th, the final chapter in a theater. That was fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One of my favorites. Um, and then again, I've been catching up with uh, Dave on, I, I mention this every week and I still am trying to get someone else to watch it. And here's my pitch this week. There was a special um, guest appearance on the latest episode, a Mr. Jim Cummings that you guys might know Ooh. from Thunder Road and the Wolf of Snow Hollow. Uh, he played a bit part, like just a boyfriend without a name. And, and I was like, fucking Jim coming. I had to look it up on IDB. I'm like, is that really, it looked like him. Yeah, that's him. Um, but yeah, one of my favorite shows, love it. So, uh, check out Dave. Um, I don't think I've really watched anything else. I wanted to get to the theater, um, this weekend to see don't breathe too, but we've been, I had one night off since the film festival yeah. and used it to watch tonight's movies. So, um, make sure, oh, got to make sure to get those watched. So that maybe this next week where I'm off, I'm going to binge some stuff. So that's what I watched. Awesome. Yeah. I figured that would be the, the deal. Like is everybody having a hard time getting the movies watched for this one. So I picked some short films. For this oh yeah. One. Really short. Yeah. This yeah. is like, yeah. well, I watched them all one. One and uh, I watched them all in one night. So yeah, thank, thank easy you. to do. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> short short homework. That's right. Now it is time to vote for which podcaster you think is right in this episode's poll position with Jason. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of poll position. All right, let's take a quick look back for those of you who don't have Twitter. We're really just talking to Brian Clark, and he we were going <laughs> to look at episode 240. We were asked, what is your favorite TV horror anthology? Y'all remember your answers? I'll tell you. Insane Mike said, creep show. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Jason said, that's me, says, Tales from the Crypt. Fuck yeah. Tad says, Masters of Horror. And, yeah. and Andy says, Twilight Zone original. Oh, boy, a lot of votes. This was a close one. It really was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, all right. Sorry, Andy, you got 15% of the votes. And that last. was probably me voting for him. Because yeah, <laughs> that's why. <laughs> oh. 
None of you purists out there, man. Jeez. <laughs> Me, I voted for you. I'm on. Thank you. Thank you. Didn't Rod even Sterling was the man. He yes. was. Yeah, he was. I don't doubt it. The people just don't agree. Um, well, tied for first. We got to do it this way. With Tied with 31% of the vote. It's a shocker. Tad and Jason. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 23%, Mike, you got. God damn it. I thought creep sh- you you took off like a bat out of hell on the polls at first. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, nice. I mean creep shows nice. uh, kind of the one that's out right now, you know, and yeah, it's trying to go trying to go And more then people current. came to their senses and they chose <laughs> mine and Ted's. Yeah. Well, that's who won. Sorry, losers. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's get into this episode's pole position. This is maybe the hardest and worst one of all time. Yes, I, I can't do it. Because I'm out. it was Tad's idea, and he's like, pick your your favorite thing and that you hate everything else. <laughs> he said, well, it's like, pick your favorite kid. He says, if you were trapped on a deserted island and you could only take one album... What would it be? Insane Mike, you're first. No. Yes. Gosh. Which Weird choose. Al album are you bringing? Right. Greatest See, that's hits? The, that's the that. thing. I can't go with weird. Can I do the box set? I th- album. An album. Uh, Al- album. Not, One disc. That, I was going to say, that's album. There are two disc albums, though. Exactly. There are albums. Double like, albums. Yeah. They're trying to cheat and give us an answer. So yeah. I'm not going with Weird Al just That's because. Shocking. Just because I can't. I can't pick just one. It's impossible. So you're never gonna let hear Weird Al again until you die on this island. I'll kill myself on the island then, I guess, because oh. I can't listen to Weird Al over. I'd go with Bad Hair Day. That's yours. That's pretty good. <sighs> if I if I had to choose one Weird Al album, I'm saying if this pole position was one Weird Al, Weird Al album, what would it be, Mike? <laughs> that's still even that's, that's why impossible. you didn't pick it that's, that's why, why I did that's why I did not pick a Weird Al album because it the would spot, the spy hard soundtrack because it would because <laughs> it would be the next 10 minutes of like um in 3D no dare to be stupid no uh Polka Park no um so do you really want that we just got it anyway I want you tortured yes the but, Johnny Dangerously soundtrack oh my god so let us let the listeners know what beat out Weird Al Ouch, you can't phrase off. it that way. Here's uh-huh. the here's the thing. What album do you like more than Weird Al? Based on the bonus episode, <laughs> that if you're not an attacker, Last you don't know episode, what I'm talking uh-huh. about. So, um, I'm gonna be kind of mysterious about it. But the same rules apply even more for me that towards music than it would movies. Repetition. Yeah, uh, and so it's really hard with music. Like <laughs> God, it is. I'm sorry. Like, Spit there's, it out. There's some, fine, fine, <laughs> fine. I'm gonna go with Mr. Bungle's first album. All right, self-titled album. I can see that. It's just uh, schizophrenic enough for you. I think it's right? probably one of the top five <laughs> albums, other than a Weird Al album, that I have yeah. listened to constantly over and over again. From beginning to end, not a bad track on the album. Yeah, and if you get tired of a style, you just wait 10 seconds and it'll be a different one. That's true, too. That's part of it as well. Yeah, really. Oh, it's such a good record. Mm -hmm. Now now, now you have me thinking, like, what if it was, uh, like, a compilation? 
Well, that's where I'm going to go next. Uh, you know, it, it was hard. It was definitely hard. I want to pick my favorite. I want to pick Angel Dust by Faith No More. Oh, which would nice. Be, which would be it, but it's not it. I thought to myself, if this was the last bit of music I was ever going to hear for the rest of my life, it made sense to me to pick. And it's a compilation, so it's a cheat, but uh, it's the greatest songs ever written. It's the album One by the Beatles. They, oh. It's a compilation of all 27 of their number one hits uh, from the beginning to the end. It's I have it. I love it. It's an amazing album. It's easy to listen to because it's their whole career. It's the greatest songs ever written. That's I could easily listen to them forever. So that was mine. Ted, did you figure it out? Is it, is it, uh, oh man, Pet Sounds, what's it going to be? For me? Yeah. You're up, Ted. Mine's pretty easy. Um, I'm going to go with the Beach Boys Pet Sounds. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect beach album. Um, it has highs, lows. It makes me, it, get, it helps me relax, but it also gives me emotions. It gives me joy. Um, to me, it's the greatest album ever written. So yeah. Beach wow. Boys Pet Sounds. Awesome. Awesome. Andy. Pretty easy choice. Yeah. Oh uh, man, for this is this is crazy difficult for me. Um a part of me wants to say cuz I'll I know if I'm on an island I'll go progressively mad so I might as well have something <laughs> funny to help So I was, a I was thinking yeah, I was thinking maybe like the Tenacious D album. Ooh, but mm-hmm. uh a part of me is like, since I'll be surrounded by water, I'll I could have the song called "The Ocean." So I'm think I'm leaning towards um, Led Zeppelin's "Houses of the Holy." Yeah, rock. I, yeah, I, that's I, your I, official I, yeah. answer. I guess that's my official answer. God damn it! I don't right. know. <laughs> oh. And it's but it's got my favorite Zeppelin song on there. So which is which is over the hills and far away. Oh hell yeah. They're so good. They rock. Man, thanks, Ted, for the aneurysm. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, everyone, get your butts over to Twitter at AOTKP. Get signed up for Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Go to AOTKP. Look at that poll and pick your position. Who got it best? Who picked the best album? That's poll position. Now it's time to talk about the movies. It's time to get into our topic. Island horror. What movies are we going to talk about? Where'd this about? come from? Where'd this come from? Um, I, I, Honestly, uh, to segue to you, I guess, because oh. it really stems from me finally forcing myself to watch this movie. So, Jason, what's our first movie for uh, our topic tonight? Our first movie... Is an awesome movie from 2012, Black Rock. We're here. I'm happy, man. You know, I'm happy. We're going to go out to the island. We'll reconnect. It'll be so awesome. Yay! It's going to be so good, guys. Just the three of us. So what are you girls doing out here anyways? Nobody comes out here anymore. Uh, you're lucky you didn't get shot. 
I think I know that guy. We went to grammar school with your older brother, Jimmy. Oh, okay, Henry. yeah. I think uh, Jim had a crush on you back then. So, you guys want to join us, maybe? So where do you guys all know each other from? I like your beard. She is friendly. That is something that she is. You have this whole look going on. Abby, you're married. I don't want you to worry about it. He's so cute. I'm fine, right? Yeah, I'm not a fan. I don't know how to take it. No. Oh, God, Henry. Yeah, right? Can you just get off me for a second? I want to have fun. Get off me, Henry. What'd you do to him? What happened? What happened? Is he hurt? No. Get your gun. What? You gotta tie up three girls to a tree to kill him. Do you think I'm scared of you? We came out here to hunt. We'll just hunt him down. They're gonna kill us. They're gonna kill us. They're gonna kill us. We are on a small island. We need to get off. We need to figure out what to do. A camping trip on a main island turns nightmarish for three women, played by Katie Aselton, Lake Bell, and Kate Bosworth. When they encounter a group of violent war veterans. This was directed by Katie Aselton. We all love her from The League. Woo, yeah, The League. Oh, man, she's so good on there. If you haven't seen The League, it's a super awesome show. Starring the movie's writer, Mark Duplass. Very funny, funny guy. What, The Creep? Is that it? Creep? Yeah, Creep. Just creep and Creep 2. Yeah, he's a star of that. And he, he wrote this movie, I think, they were were they dating? They are dating. They, I don't. They were already married. Okay, they? so that helps tie that together. But yeah, man, this is a fun little thriller. I'll say it. I don't care. Be mad. But uh, it is right. No, mm-hmm. it's not a thriller. I like it. Yeah. Um, this is my first time watch, and I don't know. I thought it was pretty intense. I thought all those girls were great. Um, some sad things happened. Um, mm-hmm. The dudes were also good. I thought the 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 blonde skinny dude was actually pretty fucking scary and yeah, did very a good off, job of like unhinged, yeah, being yeah, unhinged. Yeah, yeah. He probably he, he sort of made me nervous from the get go. Yeah, like, no kidding. He's gonna be the one that is uh, clearly not all there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, going into it as without even seeing trailers and stuff, I just sort of knew like as soon as they ran into the hunters, it's like yep. bad news. When, yep. you, when you see them on that, it's like, okay, what's going to happen? But I will say like it felt like some stopping and just communication might have helped a little bit. <laughs> like after she defended herself from being raped, spoilers, um, and, and killed the guy, like no one asked what Accidentally. happened. No yeah. one asked what happened. Um, it was just, he's dead. And now we must 
kill you. And it's like, I don't think it would have mattered to the guys. I don't know. Like they, they didn't even try though. I, they did no. Even the girls didn't ask what happened. They like, obviously, and they, never, they obviously they, have that guy on a high pedestal. She would have screamed rape. They would have said that it. You know that there's no way that would have happened. He wouldn't have done that. Yeah. And I did thought I thought at first that the guys were like they said we weren't actually going to kill them, and then something happened, and then they decided to do it. What was? They got like too deep, I think. Yeah, just, they just got in it yeah. too far. But I thought they said they weren't going to, and then, yeah, they started fighting back, and shit just went sideways. Yep. And it turned into a neat little survival thing. The uh, a lot of great setup. These, you know, are clearly old friends getting together. They came to look for a buried, uh, what do they call that thing? Time capsule. Time capsule that they put yeah. there when they were kids, and I knew. You knew it would be part of it, and you're like, "Yeah, right. yeah, thank God, you all figured that out and got a little, back together." Yeah, and- a little bit of yeah. They added that little bit of backstory to one make us care about these characters. Um, you know, there was two girls that had problems with each other, and we learn later in the movie that they had some kind of infidelity. Like one took the other's yeah. boyfriend, and you know, they still both were holding on to that um, animosity between each other. And you know, all it took was. Um, a couple of dudes with guns hunting them down <laughs> to solve that really quick. It was like, okay, we can put our differences aside and not get killed. That real cool. fast. And then they yeah. rekindled their. And friendship then they really by, had that moment. Yeah. By really, I, but they rekindled their friendship by digging up treasure naked. Yep. We've all been there, guys. That's how you do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's how me and Jason became friends. That's right. It's it's got a great um, uh, sort of Lord of the Flies meets Death Proof kind of vibe. I th- yeah, yeah. I, I liked I lo- I like all three of the girls. I wanted to just pre-defend uh Kate Bosworth. Um I I throughout the first half of the movie she's like really kind of quiet and emotionless, emotionless, that's the word. And and I mean like I'm like what do you mean when the shit hits the fan or even up up to that, even during some of that, she be, she kind of comes off uh, she's kind of speechless, but I felt like that her character was just like that friend that we know or ourselves where shit's going wrong and you want to say something, but you just kind of be quiet. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. And like, I thought she was being quiet through a lot of them, even when they're bickering between each other before shit happens and she just wants to, you know. She have, doesn't like confrontation. Yeah. And I thought. Yeah. It wasn't just her being a bad actress. I thought she was doing a really good job. I thought she was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like yeah, the I mean, most, you have the th- most... She has the most boring role, probably, of the three. She's stuck but... in the middle between her two best friends who hate she each other. She seems like a very passive mediator, and, and which, the... she's, which she was trying to set up, but she's like, well, And that's okay, not well. a glorious role to play in a movie, but I, I just thought she did great at it. I don't know. She, she was great in her performance. Her character is horrible mm-hmm. at trying to yeah. <laughs> exactly. to patch right. up this this friendship. She can't. She's not. She's she just yeah. Just wants them to sort of uh, get over it and and move on without any efforts or talking about it. Um, I mean, which I can sort of relate to. That's sort of how my that's how sort of I am in life. So I mean, right from the get go, they're at the dock. Oh man, and. And she you're talking about animal. leaving, <laughs> and she's she claims to have cancer to uh, to Who try to get him. Shit? I know exactly. Like that, that's, it worked. It worked, but wow, oh my! It's clear she didn't. Well, well of no. course it worked. You know, that's like that's like nuking a house trying to get rid of a cockroach, man. <laughs> uh, 
I really liked it. I thought, like you said, you need a balance of the characters. You can't, you know, every group of friends has like the quiet one, the loud one that's confrontational. And then, you know, the, the smart one or whatever, you know, and, uh, they had a good balance there. And I always liked, uh, Duplass's writing. Like, yeah. I, yeah. He, I yeah, think he's really yeah. good. I thought this was really actually pretty, um, I don't know how to explain it, like sort of vanilla for him, which is not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It just felt like some of the stuff he writes is either like creep and stuff. It's like so extreme and different and really stands out. This is like his sort of att- almost like an attempt at like a mainstream. Right. It's generic yeah. in a not bad way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. not bad. Well, it's just, it's well, not. Katie it's, directed it though. Yeah. I mean, did he write it for her to de- direct? I, I think he did. Probably. I think it was it was her story. He did the screenplay, and then she directed. Hmm. Or yeah, but I think they were involved together on the screenplay. Well, they work well together. Oh yeah, they always have. Um, even though, like on the league, they're not even. It's so weird to they're know the that couple. they're married. That yeah. they're married in real life, and they are not the couple in the in the show. Yeah, well, it's like Mac and. Uh, and uh, D on It's Always Sunny, who are married in real life, but um, yeah. you know, he just treats her like complete shit on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's it like to me, it's you know, you look at the other stuff, and this was like, you know, this outside of maybe the nude scene, like this is something that you know is like the most um, absorbable, like it's something yeah. that you could, yeah. you know, you're like your aunt and uncle would be like, oh, I saw that one, you know, out, like I said, outside of that scene. Um, but I think that scene is so important because it's very makes him very very vulnerable. Oh man! Uh, yeah. I think I have a feeling that maybe the film was constructed from that and was like reversed. Started with that yeah, scene. Started yeah. with that concept because you're right. Like these two women, middle of the night, they're not prepared, freezing to death, no weapons. And how can you make them even more vulnerable to their situation? Oh, let's make them completely naked. I think I, it feels like that is the 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 crust of this whole movie, and it was like workshopped uh, after that initial idea because it is it's 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 very impactful and does um, you know create so much vulnerability with those characters. Yeah, it's it's like one of those things where. I joked with you guys before. I'm like, oh, I, I remember hearing about this movie because of the nude scene, but it's not like a an 80s horror movie where it's like, hell no. yeah, titties. Like this is like, ugh, like this is uncomfortable. Like, uh, girls. yeah, this this, this is, is like, done out of necessity, not out right, of erotic. Exactly. Or, it's yeah, yeah, it's not sexual in any way. It's more just vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, I dug it. Yeah, it's good. I agree with the the generic. Um, yeah, uh, that it's feels like it got lost in the shuffle, and you can see why, because it's it's not it's not like reinventing the wheel or anything, but it's still it's still a good watch, fun watch, and it's short. It's less than an hour and a half. I got uh, eighty minutes. Okay. One thing says one says oh hour twenty three another spot. And to be honest, like because it 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 goes right out of the gate. To be honest, I think they could have maybe hit. The hour and a half mark. If they would have padded the begin, I I could I could have taken more of the beginning of them yeah. and their friendship and their relationship and trying to you know fix the relationship and all that stuff before we get to the horror part. I I would have been fine with another you know five ten minutes of that. Yep. 
I feel yeah, like maybe, a, it, maybe that was one thing that maybe the movie for me was lacking. Just a little bit more. I mean, I cared about the characters, but definitely. I just feel like I needed maybe a little bit more before we got to that. Yeah, not something that I'll you know ever really throw on again. Is fine. It is good. I liked it. It's a one watcher for me. I did find myself. It's not a gripe really, but at the end, I'm like, why didn't you bring your friend back with you on the boat? Oh, yeah, I thought that too. Like, like I expected to see her dead body, like in a uh, covered in a sheet or something on the I boat. I mean, they they she gets shot and then they go away from it immediately. So there's a tiny part you're like, maybe maybe she's okay. There's a chance, I, you know. Well, I think that has to do never, with like the writing and the performances because you care her about head. her that you want her to be okay. Yeah, there was. Yeah, I re- forgot about that boat scene at the end where they're riding back and they're all bloody and badass looking. Like, yeah. we just went through hell and back and we stole they this boat. Didn't bring their friends. Yeah, so I was like, well, that was weird. But anyway, it wasn't a big deal. But it's good, though. Yeah. And we watched it on. I watched Tubi? it on Tubi. 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 Yeah. Black yeah. Rock 2012 on Tubi. Yeah. Andy, what's our next movie? Our next movie from 1932? Yes. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Uh, Is The Most Dangerous Game. Doesn't Brank Island mean anything to you? There's something wrong. I'm not trying to break in, but I've been in a wreck. Welcome to my poor fortress. This is Mr. Robert Rainsford, who hunts big game so adventurously. Glad to meet you. We barbarians know that it is after the chase and then only that man revels. Savages idea everywhere. One night as I lay in my tent, a terrible thought crept like a snake into my brain. Hunting was beginning to bore me. What I needed was not a new weapon, but a new animal. You found one? Yes. You take half-drowned men from shipwreck and drive them out to be hunted. And if one eludes me only till sunrise, he wins the game. You murdering rat. I'm a hunter, not an assassin. You killed me. Precisely, yes. We can keep ahead of them that long. Coming down. One passion builds upon another. To date, I have not lost. Here on my island, I hunt the most dangerous game. Okay, after their luxury cabin cruiser crashes on a reef, Bob Rainsford finds himself washed ashore on a remote island. He finds a fortress-like house with the most ornate door knocker I've ever seen, and the owner, (laughs) Count Zaroff, seems to be quite welcoming, apart from Zaroff's servant Ivan, who looks like friggin' Rasputin. The only other people <laughs> present are Eve Trowbridge and her sloppy drunk brother Martin, also survivors of their own shipwreck. Other survivors are missing, however, and Rainsford soon learns why. Zaroff releases them into his jungle island, then hunts them down in his grisly outdoor chess game. Then, after Martin disappears, Bob realizes that he and Eve's are he and Eve are to be the next pawns in Zaroff's deadly game. This Zaroff character, he basically, he um, sets the light buoys off course and all these ships will eventually go crash into the coral reef and they will capsize and they'll be shipwrecked and that's how he gets his people so he can hunt them down and do, you know, doing his most dangerous game. Um, 
He's got a scar on his head that he likes to stroke a lot. Probably he strokes. <laughs> he's probably strokes that more than he strokes the other thing. Um, but you basically, this movie has, I think, influenced all, the one movie that comes to mind. And I'll get back on course here, but well, I've got this in my head. There's a movie called Surviving the Game with Rutger Hauer and Ice T, and uh, um. I can't remember the other the other actors, but uh, Gary Busey is also in it, and <laughs> there is there is actually uh, there are these hunters that are try they hunt down um, Ice T, you know, because he's a homeless homeless guy, and they say they're going to pay him, you know, and they just take him out the middle of where and they and they try and they try to hunt him, you know. So I mean the the similarities are obviously there. There's even a trophy room with heads in it, just like this guy's trophy room. This is our off characters, you know, and I just remember Busey, like the the trophy room's on fire and um Ice T's back gets burnt and you know, he's just like, I lock my meat rare, you know, and he just pulls him away. <laughs> but um <laughs> But this is I, I really enjoyed this one. Um it's got uh, you know, I thought the at I thought one of towards the end he was going to get caught in like that predator tree trap but i mean he Zaroff is you know he's pretty he's pretty keen on his surroundings and he's sensing all these traps he's a and, pro right he's been here um, done that yeah um i i don't really know much more to talk about i know that when when they shipwrecked i mean you got to be a you know, you got to give them a little bit of leeway here because this was filmed in the 30s, but some of the dialogue is hilarious. This the snake in my brain thing that you heard on the uh Oh yeah. um the trailer and I swear to god when that captain was like holding on to the door like in Titanic with like, you know, uh Jack and Caitlin's wet or whatever. Oh yeah, he could have climbed up like the shark are right under him. Like <laughs> yeah, get up on the fucking like, door. Yeah, and he says he says, oh, it got me. And then he just goes down. I press pause because I was laughing my balls <laughs> off. Yeah. That is literally the funniest line in the whole movie. Just, the just way bad that delivery, del- yeah. Yeah, the way he delivers it. And then he just goes, ah, it got me. Just goes <laughs> They get a fucking shark is attacking you. And he's like casual. Like, ah, oh, you got me. And then he gets pull- yeah, slowly gets pulled <laughs> under. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome like they're not i was noted that too i'm like why aren't they freaking the fuck out yeah um but yeah i mean it's literally you know after that is he's just he's just hunting the, he hunts these two people down and then eventually you know they say well what if i can't what if i don't wish to be hunted you know well we'll just torture you well you know a lot of good that's going to do if I'm tortured. I can't really be that much of a dangerous game, you know. But hey, whatever. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm 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 along for the ride here. Yeah. Um, guy's got a lot of hunting dogs. Like he's got like a whole fucking kennel. Um. Yeah, I mean it's a very very short film. We're talking like what an hour and oh, two hour, minutes. Yeah, basically yeah. an hour minute. Just a little over an hour. Um. Yeah, I mean it gets. I mean, it, I mean, I'll I'll give it credit. You know, it takes right off. I mean, he the the ship crashes. He gets to the island, and uh, the the Ivan dude smiles really weird, and that was funny too. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't have much to say. I mean, except that these these people were hunted, and um, yeah, one of this my is lines based on a book, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, this was originally a book. Oh, I do. I do remember what I wanted to say. Uh, this it's this movie's kind of a tip of a cap to our past episode on the Zodiac, because the Zodiac in one of his letters actually says, "I like to hunt people. It's the most dangerous game." Mm-hmm. He actually said that in one of his ciphers, and they actually found the book, like you mentioned before, Tad, in one of the suspects of the Zodiac's houses. Mm. So. Yeah, little food for thought. Anyway, I'll I'll quit. You know, babbling. You guys go ahead. It made me think of like like you said influence. Like get duped recently. Oh, very yeah. similar. Yeah. Um, ready or not, to a degree. You know, the rich yeah. basically hunting the poor. The but hunt, not, Hunger I, I Games. Mean, yeah, mm-hmm. like the I guess the hunter and this isn't really necessarily poor, but it's like this guy who basically owns this big ass mansion hunts people for game. Um, uh, for 1932. Holy shit, right? man! Like. I was pretty blown away. I mean, pretty it's impressive. not, yeah, not, not my favorite movie of all time, but it's like, you know, for thinking of 1932 about people lost their shit watching this. Yeah. Uh, it's seriously a dark tone and, and, you know, it's pretty thrilling for 1932. Just amazing to think someone had the, you know, gall to read that book and think, Oh, this could make a motion picture. Yeah. I don't have a lot to say either. You guys haven't said already. Um, uh, I thought it was really awesome to. It's probably the second thing I've seen Faye Ray in, so it was nice to see her. Mm. You know, and something else. What was the other one? King Kong. I'm joking. Oh. Come on, everybody knows her name from that. Yeah, this has two directors, though: Irving Pitchell and Ernest well, Shodazak. That's cool interesting. We have two directors. So. The, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. The actual directors of King Kong. See, this movie was filmed on the same sets as King Kong. Oh. Pretty much. Pretty much back to back. They they, okay. they filmed David, King Kong David and then Selznick they, film. They turned around and and made this movie as well. And it has four of the same actors from King Kong as well. So not only Fay Ray, but there's Robert Armstrong, um, James Flalen, uh, and Nobel Johnson. So it was it was back to back. So you'll see a lot. You know, if you really study both films, you could you can. You know, you can when you watch most dangerous game, you're like jungle oh, stuff. Yeah. King Kong's gonna step out any minute. <laughs> now, what's to say about this movie, man? It's a classic. It's it's hard. Uh, personally, all three of these movies, I was nervous because I'm like, I don't. They're good movies. I don't just don't feel like I have a lot to say about them. Um, I never heard of this, and then you know, uh, it's on HBO Max, and the Criterion popped up. I'm like, oh, this is in the Criterion collection, so I, I, I was not yeah. aware it was a considered a classic. It's got a pedigree, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's definitely a classic. The book was a classic, um, and uh, I mean, they there's the there's the 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 saying and like as far as fiction and literature that there's only seven stories i feel like this is probably one of the seven because this this concept has been done over and over and over again for throughout the years you guys mentioned a bunch of them already and i could probably probably if i thought about it hard enough could probably come up another 10 to 15 oh yeah for sure so you know the concept is the concept is classic um and it's done really well here it it may be um, a bit dated, just in the fact that this story <laughs> like hundred years. Yeah. This well, yeah, well, there's that, but the, the, just the fact that the story has been done over and over and over again. Um, that uh, going back and watching the original maybe may come off as a bit dated, but 
I don't care. It's it's still really good. And if you just put yourself in that mindset of 1932, like Tad said, this had to have been such a shocking film. I was reading that this movie was may this movie is pre-code uh, 1932 American pre-code horror film. So I have a feeling like this movie got away with more than it did once they started um uh when they when they, once they started paying attention to that stuff uh uh so i wonder if and and there was even i think you know the movie is really short i think there was maybe like another five ten minute scene or something like that that i read that they shot within his um trophy room that was even yeah. longer yep i'm reading that now on imdb it said yeah. uh they had like heads and jars uh they thought was okay but when they started selling the full body figures stuffed um and two of the hunty dogs mounted with a death grip that audiences got up and left. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So they cut, they cut those scenes down. And then, uh, the actor who played Ivan, the Cossack was noble Johnson, a multi-talented black American who was childhood friend of Lon Chaney. This is the earliest known instance of a black actor playing a Caucasian character. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, White face. <laughs> Oh my, Jason! Did you get to say everything you wanted to say? Oh yeah, okay. I, because there wasn't much. I don't know. It's not that it was forgettable. I was just. I'm glad. I'm glad. I. I mean, I knew the history of this concept. It yeah. was very popular and many, yeah. many movies based on it. So it was, I was really happy to check it off the list of where it kind of came from. So yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and yeah, you can just. I mean, it's such a it's it's a, such a cool concept even to this day. So many I don't know things about you could cool, do, but yeah, fun, a fun, yeah. fun story. Yeah, murdering humans, that's not great. not that's not time. fun to uh, probably be a part of, but uh, watching a movie, on entertaining. It. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Ted, what's our what's our last movie? We're going the opposite way, all the way to 2020. The third movie is ca- Caveat. I have a few days' work for you if you're interested. Doing what? Babysitting. My brother died last year. He had a daughter, Olga. She keeps going out to the house where he died. The place is in the middle of nowhere, and I don't like the idea of her being out there on her own. So 200 a day. Just to go to the house and keep her company. That's it. There's got to be more to it than that. You didn't say anything about the house being on an island. Come on. What's the big deal? Does anyone know you're here? Arnold said he killed himself. In the basement. Is there someone down there? Are you going to tell anyone what I asked you to do? She was mad. I wouldn't do something like this. Do you think he's going to let you leave her? (laughs) 
made a mess of this. A lone drifter suffering from partial memory loss accepts a job to look after a psychologically troubled woman in an abandoned house on an isolated island. This would have fit in our babysitter episode as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> worst fucking babysitting job ever. Ever. Uh, <laughs> this poor man, he's uh. handed 37 red flags and he still accepts <laughs> the worst fucking job of all time. Yeah, just come watch this girl. It's not a big deal. You don't even have to talk to her. Oh, and when you're here, you have to fucking take a boat to her. And when you get inside, you have to put on this ancient leather vest that locks you to a chain where you can't reach her. The only way to get to a phone is put your hand through a fucking hole in the wall. Can't she swim. carries around a stuffed bunny. She has a fucking crossbow. Um, it's not worth it, bro. Like... $200 a day, more like $200 a minute, and I'm still not doing it. Fuck you. This movie is creepy. But, um, really good. Irish f- folk horror, uh-huh. uh, written and directed by Damien McCarthy. Um, very psychological, too, because this drifter um, apparently knows these people, but he doesn't remember them. Um, and it, it sort of fucks with our mind. Like, we're, we're trying to figure out if, you know, we missed something or that we're supposed to know something. Um, it gets a little confusing at times, but I thought it was it, the, the quietness of it, the stillness. Um, when it does get bring the scares, it really brings the scares. Like, when he's in the basement and looks through the hole in the wall. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and makes a few phone calls and things do not get better. I don't know what he was thinking. He was going, the guy put you in this position. Why would you call him for help? He's he <laughs> threw you yeah. in this house and oh. chained you in a fucking vest. He is not the one to call, bro. Uh, mm-hmm. I, as someone who does not like swimming themselves, I'm like, that would be the first red flag when we get there and you have to take a boat. I'd be like, all right, I'll find a different job. I will do anything before I do this. So uh, even, even with all those red flags, I still thought this guy uh, did it better than most movies on saying no. I mean, he ultimately didn't, but he said no way more than most people do in movies. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. said fuck you quite a few times. Yeah. And then he climbs in the vest. Yeah. yeah that there's was, no way you would have got me it. in that goddamn harness. Nope. No way. <laughs> nope. Times no are tough. Way. Times are tough. Not Must that be. tough. She just sits on the bed with her eyes closed anyway. It's fine. This chick is playing peekaboo with a crossbow. Okay, this this is not this is not good. I, all I gotta say is, okay, say you got me in that vest, right? As soon as I saw that painting doing that bug-eyed Barbara <laughs> Steele fucking Black Sunday shit, yep, uh-huh, I would. I don't that. give a shit if I couldn't swim. I'd be I'd be Michael Phelps across that fucking water. <laughs> I don't care if uh, I was chained down. I would have towed the goddamn island to the mainland. Fuck that. I'm gone. And there was something so insanely creepy about a completely dead corpse, but with like light in its eyes. Yeah, the yeah, eyes are yeah, completely yeah. alive. Uh, I mean, that corpse made the, I mean, was the money shot for the whole movie. I mean, it, de- it never really moved. But every time you looked away, you knew that it was doing something. And when it when it panned back, I mean, I was just uh. like, I was so tense because <laughs> you know when he when he looks over his shoulder, you know that that corpse is going to be 
in a different position and i was just like Fuck. god damn yeah. this is this is this is good <laughs> Fuck. it was all you know, it, i I thought it was a great movie. I mean, it yeah. had elements of, uh, it had a very, uh, it, it owes a, it needs to tip its cap to the people under the stairs with, you know, within the walls and all, all this and that. But, uh, that's probably like the only similarities there are, but, um, it was all, yeah. it was all about the evil energizer bunny to me. That little fucking yeah. doll that, was creepy. It was almost like a, what like, the a, fuck like, is like a, like a, it's a homing device. That's what I thought. Yeah. You know, it's just like, but how's that make yeah. sense? I don't know, but it works. I know. And that's what creeps me out. Oh, Mike, why'd you hate this movie? I didn't hate it. Oh, okay. You're just um, quiet there for a minute. I take issues with it. I oh. think you guys liked it better than I, I know did. we did. Yeah. It's oh, I just, loved it. I just, did I, they get a little too close to a 24 land for you? It was too slow. I think him. it was, it was yeah. too slow, but I, I don't want to be the guy who screams. It's too slow. Um, I'm going to just straight up blame pacing. I feel like there are, there are moments in this movie that could have been far more impactful. If the pacing had been better, maybe the edit would be better. Um, you know, cause the reveal of that, the fact that the guy, had been at the house before. Didn't, oh yeah. What? What? I wasn't really impacted by it. I'm like, oh, oh, that's interesting, and not like it wasn't like a big old reveal surprise slap in the face moment oh. for me. He left his brother's thriller jacket there. <laughs> yeah. Um. And the ending, which I freaking it saved the movie for me, but I still feel like that could have been paced or edited a bit better because it totally, when, when he's on the intercom well, on in spoilers, when he's on the intercom and he's like, Hey, I got out, but that saw is still going through the, the drywall and you're like, Oh shit, you know? <laughs> um, and then when it just, when the body just starts kind of creeping around the corner there, oh fuck! it totally reminds me of like, I think one of the, the creepiest dead body scenes oh, in, in cinema history, which is black in black Sabbath with the woman in the bed. Um, and how, yeah. when it gets up and moves, it's oh. moving, but it's not moving. Like, you know, the, uh, the, bo- the, the body is physically moving, but it's not like alive or anything. It's in a different the position. Are, yeah. It's not um, moving. And so it's doing the same thing here, and I thought that was really cool. But then I just felt like they cut away from it too quick. Like everything else is so drawn out, but then that the the stellar moment of this whole movie. And I'm not I'm not take I'm not saying this from like a money shot type of mentality. Like, oh, I would just want to see this cool looking dead body. I just think it would have been creepier if it just lingered on it just a little bit longer of this this dead body staring down. This guy, kind of like what Bava does in in Black in Black Sabbath, but um, but it was a good movie. Uh, yeah, the 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 bunny the the bunny thing was was creepy and interesting. <laughs> um, you know, I I thought the creepiest character was the was the niece or whatever. Just those scenes when she's just frozen, covering her face. Um, like they're in the dark and that one scene where they're in the dark and she's just there covering her face, I thought was really disturbing. Yeah, I just thought it could have been paced better. You hated it. Just say it. Oh it's fine. Hate it. No, it was good. 
<laughs> so I guess that's it then, right? Oh, Those are the films yeah. for Island Horror. Watch them. Yeah, watch them. And this Definitely. was on Shutter. Hashtag. There you go. Shutter. Sponsor. Yes. Uh, and so you can you can watch it with your free month when you enter our promo code AOTKP. That's right. They can. That's right. Oh, so that's it for for the topic. But don't worry, there's still more show to come. Coming up is going to be the segments. Uh, but first, we're going to take a quick break and listen to a promo for our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The PFPN now has 27 shows on the network. Yeah. I ran out of fingers and toes to count how many shows are on this network. So we're going to start cutting them. Sorry, guys. Yep. <laughs> and there's a little bit for everybody on the PFPN. Do you like local indie music? Check out Brutal Breakdown. Can't get enough of the eerie, macabre, and horrific? Then you need to listen to Beauty and the Scream. You can check those shows out and all of them at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show. Have you ever found yourself listening to a podcast and, and caught yourself talking back to your phone or whatever device you're listening to the show on? Well, now you can actually be heard. Here's Jason with shout-outs. It's time for... Shout-outs! 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 All right, we asked, what are your favorite... Well, I... Okay, here's the thing. I... I worded it one way, and yeah. then I needed to change it. Uh, the, the actual wording is, what was what are your favorite horror movies that take place on an island? The first way I worded it kind of made it like, what are your desert island island films? Yeah, And that's what Derek Batello, he put first. And if that was the question, his answer would be, because I appreciate him writing in, he said, Rosemary's Baby, Nightmare on Elm Street, Tenebrae, Psycho, and Creepshow. My goodness. I did not see um, your first wording, so I only like, saw his response to the second one, and I'm like, we need to check on him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jason's right. The wording was a little because I, I read that I read Derek's as well, uh, and I'm like, what? And then I reread reread your question. And I'm like, oh yeah, I see where he could. Yeah, it took me a while, and that. then it took Brian writing me. He's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, oh, I see what happened. Okay. And then speaking of Brian Clark, he oh! says. Brides of Blood, Mad Doctor of Blood Island, Beast of Blood, Island of Death, Blood Tide, Zombie. <laughs> All movies that I considered putting on the list, but I, I spared you guys. Those are That's a great freaking list, and all I got to say about Island of Death is uh, it's a good time for some gold fucking. Oh, okay. That's... Um, next, we got Jonathan, his new podcast, Twitch of the Death Nerve. That's Jonathan. Used to be on Late Night Psychorama. Uh, he posted Zombie, Ooh. 
Who Can Kill a Child. Another great movie. And Man Matango, Attack of the Mushroom People. And then Brian says, God damn it, how did I forget about Matango? I know, Brian, I'm disappointed. And then John says, well, we both forgot about Shockwaves. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah, yeah. And then Tim Lennerer, he jumps on. He says, am I actually the first person here to say The Wicker Man? Mm. The original one, not the remake. Uh, Summer Isle is a fantastic location <laughs> and a superlative sleepy little town with a secret. Honorable mentions to Island of Terror, The Flesh Eaters, The Most Dangerous Game, Terror is a Man, and Attack of the Crab Monster. I'm trying to remember, I always get confused on some of those, um, but I think Island of Terror, I think I did as in the Saints pick years ago, mm. the awesome Peter Cushing movie with like these little, mm. these little like... Um, Stingray-type creatures that slither around and kill people. It's awesome. And uh, he says, also, technically, any horror movie set in Japan is set on an island, but that's probably not what you were shooting for. <laughs> or any Australian movie. <laughs> I say, how would you be confused um, when you have um, Death Island and Blood and just right. rearranged in every possible uh -huh, way? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're not done yet. Brian Clark's back. He says, I knew I was going to forget some obvious ones. In fact, I just fucking... Remembered another one, goddamn motherfucking Jaws. <laughs> yeah. He used all them words. Amity Island, yeah. And he says, Tim, and Tim's back. He's like, England and Australia are, are also islands. Oh, so Quatermass and, <laughs> and the pit technically fits the criteria. So does Razorback. Fucking Get your own podcast. Uh, I think a Tim's. Pissing contest, man. <laughs> Shit. I think Tim's done, but Brian comes back a little later. Oh, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, Abe, Abe from Brett, Tony, Ash, and Abe says, Oh, and it's a great one that we love. Lost Soul, The Doomed Journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. Yeah. It's actually a documentary, but the Australian set of The Island of Dr. Moreau was a horror show of battling egos, drug-fueled orgies, and a missing director. It's another questionable answer, but it's where my brain went. Good job, brain of Abe. We got attacker Brian Godzill says, I'm surprised Brian Clark didn't say almost every Godzilla movie. Japan is an island after all. So they stirred up Brian. Here we go. <laughs> so Brian Clark says, true, but there are only two of them I'd consider to be horror related. And I don't want to be too obvious. Matango was made by the same creative team and stars tons of familiar Toho faces. Godzill says, sounds like I need to give that a watch. Clark says, indeed you do. I might still, it might still be on Prime. Good. Stop reading the answers. You're encouraging this behavior. <laughs> I know. I, I love know. it. Yeah. So that was in the Facebook group edition. Over on the main page. Let me get this out of the way. Oh, gosh. Look at that comment from Don. And okay. So we got Rod, <laughs> attacker Rod Hutchinson. He says, 1945's Isle of the Dead with Boris Karloff. A group of people who are self-quarantining to prevent spreading of the plague. Sounds kind of familiar. <laughs> Tad says, now I got to see this. Did you see it? No. No. Not yet. <laughs> the Reebster. <laughs> Mike Reeb says, Shockwaves is awesome. Yeah, it is. And I unironically friggin' love Horrors of Spider Island. So much oh. so that I bought the Severin Blu-ray. That is a classic. Jason, you should watch that one. There is a Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode. Oh, I'll totally watch it. Horrors of Spider Island. Got it. 
Our pal Don and Nelly, superstar promoter Don and Nelly, awesome guy who does lots of forwarding and Yay, posting, and Don. we love him and all that he does, Don. He says King Kong is the obvious choice, although the stuck part uh, is put to the test in the third act. The Philippines set mad Dr. Monster mashup Super Beast is a lot of cheesy fun, Super Beast, and some above-mentioned Shockwaves, which is a must-watch. A funny story, he says. I'll try to be brief. Concerns the film After Dusk They Come and The Lost Tribe uh, concerning a group of people who wash ashore on a remote island with a scientist conducting research on a genetically mutated primitive human ancestral species which gets loose and goes crazy killing anyone it can. The film was originally shot as The Lost Tribe, but was hacked up in a post-production to the point that most of the original cut was discarded and ordered reshot. But with the cast having moved on to other projects in the interim, were unable to fully restore force forcing the reshoots to be done with a new cast. When that was deemed sufficient, it was released as After Dusk They Come, although some territories used The Forgotten Ones, which is this movie here. And realizing that they had hit in several markets, went back in, reassembled the original Lost Tribe footage into an acceptable cut and released that, making both films available to the public based on the same exact premise with a different cast. The end. I was going to say, Good story, I, have to get Don. The, I have to Jason, get I wasn't paying answer. attention. Could you read that again? Moving on. We got <laughs> Marcus Rude from the Rude Horror Podcast on the PFPN. He says, I'll tell you one that's not my favorite House of the Dead. You eat wool. I like House right. of the Dead. It's so no. bad. It's awesome. Ellie, Ellie Cornell will never be the same after that. <laughs> uh, Marcus also says, As for favorites, Jurassic Park, hands down. There you go. But Zombie 2 has to be up there for adult horror. Yeah, yeah. What, like porn? You know what, Jason? Oh, what? I'm disappointed. What happened? There's one very important movie that no one has mentioned yet. Uh Uh-oh. You know what I'm talking about. What's that? Zombie Doom. Mm. That's because we're all trying to forget about it. All right, let's move on over to Twitter. We got Fried Squirm Podcast. Uh, One of the greatest horror movies of all time. The Wicker Man, 1973. Thanks, Fried Squirm Podcast. Squirms. Fried Squirms Podcast. Don't want to get that too wrong. That's Danny and Tyler. They're Fried Squirms Podcast. Dedicated to rambling on about horror films. Sounds pretty cool. And then we got Ashlyn. And that's Ashlyn of Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe. She says, oh, man. Uh, she says, Shutter Island has always been one of my favorites. I really like a psychological thriller. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> what are you doing? In parentheses, sorry, Mike. She knows. Don't apologize. That's right. Big capital letters in thriller. Yeah. And then lastly, over on Twitter, that was on Instagram. This is on Twitter. We got the attacker, Brian Godsell. He's back. He says, how about Turkey Shoot from 1982? Yes. Even if that is a spoiler. And, it's a rails back movie, right? And April yeah, and Fool's Day. Ooh, yeah, April Fool's Day. That's a good one because that was on an island. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. And what about It's Alive 3, Island of the Alive? That one's awesome. Well, what about Island of the Islands? I was just trying to say island more. How about Thousand Island Dressing? Mm, my favorite of the islands. 
You know what, you guys are, are we done here? All you, right. You guys are lucky. <laughs> I hope so. so <laughs> I wanted to uh I wanted to do that new Fantasy Island movie for this episode, but I couldn't I, find it in Oh man, I wanted a reason to watch it. Me too. That's why I wanted to do it for the show. Dang it. Well, we picked short movies and didn't have a whole lot to talk about, but um good thing we had seven hundred uh, yeah. yeah, thanks for all the yeah, comments, the awesome, shout outs, yeah. guys. And and you can also leave us a voicemail so you can get your voice please don't, on Brian. the show. Brian, <laughs> you need another turn. Yes, all the Brian. Brian, please. All the Brian's. Give us a call, 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us a voicemail. We'll play it on the show. We'll hear from you soon, Brian. And that is <laughs> shout outs. In acting, there are no small parts, only small actors. Well, in this case, there are no small parts, but there is... Recasting with Christian Slater. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another episode of Recasting with Christian Slater. After Busey's naked hummus fiasco with Chuck E. Cheese, he won't be joining us this week. I'm sure he's telling his probation officer all the joys of pogo stick sex as we speak. Although I hear the automobile Busey is out of impound, so things are looking up. We're hitting Rewind this week as we visit two films we've covered previous in previous shows, Rob Zombie's Halloween and Friday the 13th Part 5. Starting with Halloween, let's get to know our readers. Reprising his role as Ronnie is our series mainstay and resident son of a bitch, Don Knotts. Say something stupid, Donnie. Oh, that's real fucking funny, pencil dick! If you're so goddamn smart, why are we stuck doing the same asshole show? Well, if I can break the fourth wall here, it's because some jerk-off can do both our voices. (laughs) (laughs) Good point! Reading the role of Deborah Myers and progressively losing his innocence and purity with each episode is Bullwinkle Moose. How you doing, Bullsy? I am well, Christian. I look forward to becoming the character of of Deborah for you. Don't go all method on us, Bullsy. She eventually puts a gun to her head and pulls the trigger. I'm a fucking moose, bitch. It's not like I've ever been shot at. Some of my relatives are hanging on walls. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus, that got dark. Reading for the role of Judith Myers is our favorite evil overlord of attorney, Skeletor. <laughs> yes, for it is I! Oh, God. Do you, will you give it a rest, will you? You want entrance music and fucking pyro, too? I never get to do anything! <laughs> oh, boo-hoo, you bony prick! I've been trying to leave since day one! Fine, it's me, Skeletor. (laughs) 
rounding out the cast and trying to regain his clout from Busey scaring the shit out of him is the Prince of Fucking Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne, reading the part of young Michael Myers. Jackie boy, promise me that fucking psychopath isn't here. I've had nightmares about sheep and nacho cheese for a fucking week. <laughs> I assure you, Ozzy, that Gary nor any sheep or nachi, nacho cheese are around. You're a good egg, Jackie boy. I think you and Angelica Houston should get back together. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, me too. I'll be reading the part of Judas' boyfriend, Steve. Let's get going. Interior, Meyer's house, night. Michael sits on the couch in his clown costume watching TV. A buzzed Ronnie is sacked out in his recliner drinking beer. Several empty cans are scattered on the floor around him. Hey, clown! Psycho boy! Cat killer? Do you really torture and kill them? Were all them worthless animals, boy? Make you feel like a real badass motherfucker killer, huh? <laughs> that is some deep ass serious pussy shit, man. Judith, I'm gonna be late. <laughs> Judith, I'm gonna be late. You really are a whiny little bitch. You know that? Debra enters wearing a skimpy outfit. Runny, knock it off! My Judith is wasting all of my time. Michael crosses the room and Ronnie swipes at him. I really shouldn't let you go after that shit you pulled at school. Oh, my place. All right, Michael, calm down. You know tomorrow things are going to change around here, so I suggest you live it up tonight. Michael nods approvingly. Judith! Deborah hands Michael his winter jacket. Here! Michael slips on his jacket as Judith descends from the stairs. What? Would you do me a favor and please take your brother trick-or-treating? <laughs> why don't why don't you have that subhuman slot over there on the couch do it? Ronnie flips off slips Judith the bird from the living room. You know if I could get that lazy drunk off his fat ass, I would. Bitch! If you don't think I'm making a middle note of a list of all your fucking bullshit! Deborah ignores Ronnie and gets face to face with Michael. Sweetie, look at me. I know things have been bad, but tomorrow we make everything better, okay? Okay. The doorbell rings, interrupting the moment between mother and son. I like your hair coolly. It looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, sweetie. Have fun trick-or-treating, okay? Don't eat too much candy. Behind Deborah and Michael, Judith answers the door. A scrawny teenager, Steve, 16, enters. Hey, Mrs. Myers. I want you out by 11. What I do? I know what you do. Whatever. Deborah leaves and Steve turns to Judith with lust in his eyes. Both of them begin to climb the stairs. 
What about trick or treating? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Go by yourself. Aren't you old, too old for that anyway? Sorry, Squirt, but have fun. Our next scene is from 1985's Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. <laughs> Greetings for the part of Demon is Don Knotts, and reading for the part of Anita is Bullwinkle. <laughs> Let's get started, shall we? <laughs> Interior, conversion van, night. Demon and Anita share a joint as we watch Pam and Reggie drive away in the pickup. You know, I miss him already! Yeah, he's a cutie pie. Wanna hit this? Anita, pa Anita passes the joint to Demon. Yeah! Demon groans and takes a puff on the joint. What's wrong? Ah! Ah! <laughs> hey, are you okay? It's them damn enchiladas! <laughs> <laughs> Demon leaps from the van. You going to be all right? Demon darts across the trailer park to a ratty outhouse made of sheet metal and covered in graffiti. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Interior outhouse night. Demon groans in relief as he relieves himself on the toilet. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, the outhouse begins to sh begins to rattle. Demon is startled. Who's that? Stop it! The outhouse continues to shake. Stop it! Anita laughs outside as she shakes the outhouse. <laughs> Interior outhouse night. You're gonna get it, bitch! <laughs> Exterior outhouse night, intercut scene as needed. Oh, lighten up, demon. You'll feel a lot better after you shit. <laughs> I'll feel a lot better when I'm out of here. This shit box is gross. Well, you better watch out for the snake that's going to crawl up that crapper and bite your ass. Demon looks down through his legs. Ooh, baby. Hey, baby! Hey, baby! <laughs> oh, baby! Oh, baby! Oh, baby! Oh, baby! Demon begins to rock back and forth on... back and forth singing. <coughs> hey, baby! Hey, baby! <laughs> oh, baby! Oh, baby! Oh, baby! Oh, baby! Outside, we hear a gasp from Anita. <laughs> Anita? Hey, girl, what's up? Moments pass, and the outhouse begins to shake again. Hey! Rage fills Demon, Demon's face as he begins pulling up his pants. Okay, I told you this ain't funny. Now you're gonna get it, bitch! <laughs> Demon opens the latch to the outhouse to see Anita on the ground. Anita! This concludes our episodes of Recasting with Christian Slater. And if you've taken a mental note of all, our, all of our fucking bullshit, 
You'll be sure to go easy on the enchiladas. See you next time. So I've been doing this Insane's Picks uh, Hall of Fame uh, around the world portion for several months now. So I think this is going to be the last around the world's one I'm going to do. And then we'll go back uh, to the good old US of A and we'll do some more inductees into the Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. But I have to end on a high note. That's right. This is the Insane's Pick from around the world Hall of Fame. Uh, we travel to Brazil mm. to induct the one, the only, Jose Mojica Mares, a.k.a. Coffin Freaking uh. Joe. That's right. Coffin Joe was born March 13th, Friday 13th, by the way, 1936 in Brazil. Jose's love for movies began at an early age. He spent a lot of his time at the local movie house, which his father helped manage. By the time he was 18, Coffin Joe had already completed over 80 films. Uh, from a very young age, his interest began in horror. <clears throat> With his famous At Midnight I'll Take Your Soul in 1963, considered to be Brazil's first ever actual horror movie, Jose began the role of his lifetime as Coffin Joe. <clears throat> this film made Jose and his persona Coffin Joe a household name and quickly became his trademark. Coffin Joe wore a, wore a black top hat, suit, and cape. Of course, let's not forget the long-ass fingernails. Initially, he wore artificial nails, but over the next 30 years, he would continue to grow out his nails to grotesque lengths. One could admire his commitment to, his, to the character of Coffin Joe, especially when his balls would itch. He finally cut his nails in 1998. Mm. Coffin Joe is an immoral undertaker who is driven by his desire to have a son by the perfect woman, believing that immortality is achieved through procreation, a concept he refers to as the continuation of blood. He often resorts to murder, kidnapping, rape to achieve his means with his violent nature, atheism, and hatred towards Christianity, putting him in conflict <clears throat> with his largely ca uh, ca um, Catholic neighbors. Despite his own disbelief in the supernatural, he often finds himself experiencing paranormal phenomena, including encounters with ghosts, death, and visions of hell. At Midnight I'll Take Your Soul was such a success that it quickly followed up with a second film that was part of the official Coffin Joe trilogy. This Night I'll Possess Your Corpse <clears throat> was the second film in uh, 19, 1966. The third of the th trilogy, Embodiment of Evil, didn't get completed until des December of 2006 more than 40 years after the release of the first film in the series. Even though the official Coffin Joe storyline was only three films, the character would appear in nine different movies, some of which he would be kind of a crypt keeper of sorts in, in horror anthologies. 
He would also appear in three different TV shows, music videos, and even had his own comic book. <clears throat> Remember the height of Freddy Krueger in the 1980s here in America? Well, Freddy has nothing on Coffin Joe in Brazil. The character has been called Brazil's National Boogeyman. Now, sadly, Marins died uh, February 19th in uh, 2020 at the age of 83. Let's all hope he's in a better place. And for Coffin Joe, that might very well be his psychedelic visions of hell from his movies, where there's arms, legs, butts, and boobs sticking out of the walls. <clears throat> On that note, we induct Jose Mojica Marez, a.k.a. Coffin Joe, into Insane Picks Hall of Fame. So that's it, folks. That's the show. Hope everybody out there enjoyed it. We certainly enjoyed presenting it to you. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to get off this goddamn island. <laughs> So until next time, we'll talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> what? Attack of the Killer Podcast.